As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. This will be Civilized Barking for early in the week. Appreciate you listening, asking, reading. Uh, we just don't pod after the game when open locker room isn't over till one in the morning and, and people are waiting on us to get our stories and my normal bedtime's nine o'clock and all of that. So um, obviously it was not a real fun night in Pittsburgh. Uh, for many reasons, we've been over the odd stats, the terrible ending, the terrible quarterback play, all of that. And then, of course, the terrible injury to Nick Chubb, which to me is the story <clears throat> of the season. Uh, the quarterback dilemma is an ongoing story, and it's an alarming one in, in all of that. But to lose Nick Chubb, it's just, you know, it's terrible. It's terrible from a personal standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a legacy of Nick Chubb and what he's meant and how easy he was to root for comparatively, uh, all of those things. And I'm not going to write the ending because, listen, if anybody can come back from a catastrophic knee injury at 28, it's this dude. He's a super freak, right? But we'll see. So that leads us to the news of the day, which is Kareem Hunt being back. You know, my first inclination was no way. Um, but I am wrong like every once in a while. And it just makes sense, right? Kareem Hunt still lives in the area. He's available. He knows the offense, whatever the offense is right now. He knows the basics of it. And you got two young, fast guys. And and what you're asking Kareem to do is drill people, right? Block, fall forward, um, run for two yards. You know, I think the league right now knows that Watson can't sneak. So the Browns have to figure that out on fourth down too. But what you would ask Kareem to do, which would potentially slash hopefully be not much, he can do it. He's available. He comes in seamlessly. Um, you know, trading for a KMA, Jonathan Taylor's not even worth discussing right now. But that was going to be hard, and this was easy. So, look, um, sensible signings for the Browns. Rodney McLeod, Shelby Harris, right? Um, you know, and, and now Kareem Hunt. So, uh, I would like to say Jordan Akins. We've just seen nothing out of him. So, anyway, I see some questions, and I'll get to them in a minute. Um, 
let me, you know, keep them coming. Give me a minute here. Um, let, let's be clear that the season's not over, right? The Browns are one and one. It is still mid-September. They have two straight home games coming up. Uh, you know, they've statistically dominated two games. Um, the defense looks elite. And, and that's that's the biggest thing, right? Early in the season, regardless of how it goes, you're developing strengths and weaknesses and finding out who you are. So obviously you want to be more in the win column than the loss, and you don't want to have to worry that your team made potentially the worst trade in the history of the NFL. But if you have a really strong defense, you can build on that. There's been one good special teams performance, one bad. Um, you know, obviously you lose Nick Chubb. We've been over that. Jerome Ford comes in and looks like he can play. You know, you worry about losing Amari Cooper, and then he comes in and, and uh, plays a really strong game says he's fine so we'll see so again if the defense can keep you in it um it really is a positive that the offense almost can't be worse right and they have these two games of tape and of data to come and look and say this isn't working uh recreate some things around not having nick chubb who got you out of jail so many times try to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands try to hit some easy ones hopefully that will help with the deep ones when you do throw the deep ones, you give them a chance. I mean, the one to Marquise Goodwin the other night missed by 20 yards. Several of those throws are out of bounds by 5, 8, 15 yards. Um, he hasn't been just bad. He's been terrible. So that's the downside, but it's not over. So it will take a big offensive turnaround. And if he is terrible, then, of course, you're doomed for a long, long time because you guaranteed all this money and you said you were good enough to win. But we'll see. Let's see how it goes. Um, you know, there's been times where Brown seasons have been over. <laughs> Right now, this this is not one of them. Now, what is this team ceiling? How does it go? How do they survive more of these brawls and more injuries and, and, and rev it up? <clears throat> you know, we're going to see how that goes. But can this team make the playoffs? Can the defense truly be that that good to, to carry them um, and, and change what we all think right now of, of everything, of the head coach, of the quarterback, of the supposedly revamp receiving core that absolutely scares no one? Um then we'll see. You know, left tackle is a disaster, an absolute disaster. Didn't block the guy on the winning touchdown. So, um, again, like you can find positives. You just, you're really, you're really squeezing. So l- let me go here. Let's start at the top. The fantasy impact of the hunt signing, none. None, Doug. Uh, you know, you either have Ford or you don't, and you should go for Pierre Strong. If you Hunt can't run anymore. So he, he can help the Browns. Um, but if, if they're relying on him, they're done. Um, is Stefanski's passing game a problem? Has he ever had a successful passing attack? Yeah, in the back half of 2020, they threw all over the yard. Um, he's had quarterback problems since. It's a recurring theme. Is some of it on him? Sure. Um, you know, last year there were a million excuses for this pass game. Most of them valid. This year with a full offseason, full eligibility, um, all the offseason work, all the communication, tinkering with the playbook, upgrading the receiving core, supposedly getting people on the right page. There's no excuse for it to be that bad. I mean, there's a po- there's a lot of possible outcomes here, and one of them is that Deshaun Watson can't play anymore. Does that sound presumptuous? Absolutely, it sounds presumptuous to say that out loud. Um, if you go by the evidence, right, the Browns are this data-driven team. The data says he's beyond awful and getting worse. I mean, 57%, 55% completions, holding the ball, not reading anything, zero pocket presence. All the stuff that I told you back in August was happening has translated here. It's scary. Um, and look, people are making a deal with that because I, I, I don't know. Apparently, I was the only one to write what I saw. And that's what you do. You write about what you see. You, you talk about what you see. Um, when you go through a six-week training camp 
your record's still zero and zero. And some days are more important than others, and none of it really translates to helping you convert third or fourth down in October or whatever. But when the coach says all along that the two days that really matter from a competitive evaluation standpoint are the days in Philly, and you go out and you throw it to the other team, and it's so bad that you have to go on the internet and accuse reporters of lying about the three interceptions that you threw right to the same guy who was wide open every time, um, then that tells me there's problems. And so we have two games of data, and there's problems because it's been awful. So we'll see. Um, why did nobody sign Hunt before this? That's a great question. You know, it's potentially because he can't run anymore. Um, I think a lot of it is that he has the baggage. You know, he's one strike from being out. Um, and some of it is, it's, it's just hard for older running backs. They often wait. You know, the NFL has that rule with veteran players. If you're not, if you're on the roster week one, your full contract can become guaranteed. That's why the Browns did the switcheroo that they did with Michael Dunn. Um, it's why you see a lot of vets sign at this time of year, last week, next week, things like that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what he's got left in the tank. I would have low expectations. Uh, but again, like the way Kareem plays can help this team. And if Kareem can come in and pass block and catch a couple for you um, and take some burden off these young kids, they're not rookies, but they're basically rookies. They've barely played any NFL football. You know, Jerome had 23 carries before he took off on that long one and, and 15 of them were in week one. Right. So uh, we'll see any chance the front office does Chubb aside by guaranteeing his contract for next year. If anyone deserves, well, no one would argue the deserve part, but this is what it is. The Browns have made all of these moves because they've devoted 230 million guaranteed to a quarterback. They're not sure can play football. So all of this pushing forward and all this cap wizardry that everybody wants to victory lap and say, these guys are wizards, you know, even though Jadavian Clowney and John Johnson are on next year's cap, you know, we'll see, but uh, they're not going to guarantee his contract. Might they, eventually pay him if he can't play, you know, do they want Nick Chubb to be around and be healthy and be a part? And, you know, more they, yes, that's all hypothetical, but they're not just going to guarantee his contract because they can't afford it because they're up against the cap. And like having to re-sign Grant Delpit would be a great problem to have the way he's absolutely balled out these first two games, two of the best games of his career, but they have cap problems because they have very expensive players. So, um, you know, if those guys produce, then it works out but they, they're going to be up against the cap for the foreseeable future. Um, Ford is fine. Let the kid cook. Yes, exactly right. So, you know, is, is he ready to, is he ever going to be in Nick Chubb's galaxy? We, we don't know. We could say probably not because Nick Chubb almost has his own galaxy, but he's fast. He catches the ball. He just didn't have the experience. He's come in and he showed well, um, you know, he could help you. He, he's, he's a passing down back. You know, and, and that cut back and that was some real jets. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, another requisite question from Yannick. Chubb's injury is horrible, but what if it results in a new offensive style? Yeah, I mean, I think it can open up some new doors, like I just mentioned, and, and they need to reassess everything anyway. I mean, where you're going to miss him is the runs where the defense knows it's coming or there's nothing there and it's for two yards and whatever you get back to the huddle. The number of times he turned those into four, eight, or even 12 was amazing. And so you hand it to Ford or to Pierre Strong or Hunt, and it goes for one or two yards in the second and nine. And we saw what happened. The other team knew the play and came back there and blew the tackles out of the water, the one tackle specifically. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm not endorsing, just asking what your thoughts are on play calling. Is it appropriate for what we have? Yeah, you know, I wonder why Elijah Moore will be running down the sideline against a corner who's five inches taller than him and not getting the ball in another spot. 
I wonder why the first play of the game with all of this supposed talent in the receiving quarter would go to Harrison Bryant. Um, you know, I see the quarterback holding the ball and unsure. Is that play calling? Is it play design? Is it the quarterback? Is it passport? It's all those things. The Browns have no time. Quarterback to receiver, quarterback to offensive line, play caller to quarterback. They have none. So is it a problem? Yes. Is it on a long list of problems? Yes. Um, this has just been really bad. It's just been really, really bad. So um, am I sensing internal worry about Watson? Are they hopeful it's just rust? Well, at this point, if it's just rust, uh, there's no way it's just rust. It's delusion. He's played eight games. He's not some 21-year-old rookie who came in from college and never was in a huddle or never played against real defenses. Um, do I think that, well, there has to be worry. Like these aren't dumb guys, right? They're not the reinventors of football as, as some people have made them out to be, uh, but they're not dumb guys. Now, do I think that they think that the timing can be better, that a couple easy ones can spark it, that they can still be a, a def- an offense that's hard to cover? Sure. I think that, um, again, but, there's no data to prove that. Like it's, it's just been really, really bad. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Is Elijah Moore really this bad? You know, I mean, in, in spring, he looked like the all-time world beater all-star. Since the pads come on, he has not looked like that. Um, he's explosive, but he's not top end. He's small. Um they have struggled to get him the ball in space. You know, he had that great run late in the half against the Bengals and he showed it off. Um, other than that, he's had few opportunities and few favorable opportunities. So uh, the Jets were all in on this season and he's the guy they got rid of. Um, I, I just say that. I, I think he can make plays because he's done it. He's never done it consistently. And he certainly um, outside of a couple here has not, not done it. Um, the dead cap situation makes Watson uncuttable for three years. It'll fire everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's the likely result here. You know, the day they drafted Johnny Manziel, everyone got fired. If Watson does not play better by the bye week, everyone's getting fired. And I think everyone might be getting fired anyway. Well, certainly the head coach, he's had that look on his face since, since August. Um, he just has. So, oh, here, I know the narrative has already started with Stefanski and the play calling. What's your take on the narrative? Is it Watson? And we went over that. Um, same old Browns that he liked the defense. Yeah. Look, they had a chance the other day to not be the same old Browns. They just did that. That was the game in Pittsburgh. A chance to build and sustain momentum. A chance for the defense to show us truly elite and dominate an overmatched quarterback. They did that. Um, instead, it's just been disaster. And then we're still shoot only 36 hours out from it, right? But it, it has felt like... Um, worse than one loss. It is only one loss. They do have two home games coming. Let's just see. Let's just see. Uh, the quarterback, the offensive line, the play caller, they all their wide receivers especially, they all need to be better. Um, if they're not in the next two weeks, then it is disaster. Right now, it's September. The Browns are one and one. Let's, let's see how that goes. Uh, my phone keeps shutting off on me. Time for James Hudson at left tackle. John, I don't think so, but I think it's time to ask that. And, you know, if Wills continues to play poorly, 
then obviously you have a lot of problems, but one of them would be with your locker room and with the offensive line that you've paid guys that have committed here and you've committed to, um, and saying, are we giving it the best chance? So that's, it's something, um, you know, we'll see. Doug says Dabo will be the coach next year. No, Doug, that's, that's not going to be the case. Uh, why would Dabo ever leave? Um, what, what he has. So, um, no, no, that's, that's not going to be the case. Um, yeah. Anyway, guys, if there's anything, if anybody wants to talk, I'll give it a couple more minutes. Um, I understand it's all the same. And like I said, my final thoughts column, I think post at noon, certainly maybe early in the afternoon. If not, I submitted it about an hour ago as, as all the hunt stuff was getting finished up here. You know, it's never over in September and the defense is not going to play at this rate all year, but it, it can be good. There are going to be ups and downs and there's going to be things you can adjust from. And there is not one offense in this league that is operating at peak efficiency. So, you know, we thought the Browns had a pretty high ceiling eventually on offense. What we've seen is a really low floor. And again, there were always a wide range of outcomes on this trade for Watson. Oh, I know one thing I wanted to address. And and again, I I get the anger and and people want to always take it out. Like it is fair to bring up what they paid Watson and what they paid for Watson, because no, that, that has nothing to do with how the Titans defend him or if they actually convert a third down or if he actually sees an open receiver and throws it to him. But it is fair because it affects the team now and into the future. And you said we are ready. You know, they made this trade because they looked at Joe Burrow and Chase. They looked at, they'd played Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. They said, we're not good enough. They said to be in the AFC race with Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and Lamar and Burrow and all of these guys, we have to have this guy. And they went and paid this guy. I guarantee it had never been paid. They took, they punted on last year, which now looks like it'll be Nick Chubbs last year. They took all this PR flag and they said, we got it, even though they, they don't. And so it does matter what they gave up for him. And he does have to play really well. And the fact that he can't even play. Okay. The fact that he can't even reach 60% completions. The fact that the Browns gave up all of this and rode with him. And he said, there'd be fireworks and there's been shit. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. So it's not over. Um, frankly, we're two games into the second season of a five-year deal. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> All these decisions, as we touched upon earlier in the broadcast, are based around him being here at cap numbers, unprecedented cap numbers of $64 million. He's got to be, play better. So Stefanski's got to help him, and the Lions got to help him, and Jerome Ford's got to help him, and he's got to help himself. But he's got to play a little bit better immediately, a lot better soon, and sustain that high level, or this thing is a disaster. This season, this staff, this regime, this organization could be back to being a laughing stock of sports. It could be, or he could play well. Let's see. I'm scrolling here. When's the next A to Z podcast? We'll see about that. Um, Sean, what title will Quincy Avery have on Harbaugh's coaching staff next year? Yeah, let's let's revisit that one in uh, November. Both both parts of that. Not going there. These guys have rabbit ears. Um, do you think Hunt should be ahead of Ford? No. Gosh, no. Why do I have a feeling we're headed back to the head coach treadmill? Well, because you watch and you read. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, uh, it's like I said, it's mid-September. Is it good when you're talking about interim coaches and changing left tackles and DTR in mid-September? No, no. Um, can the Browns steady the ship? Uh, this week and use the buy in two weeks and still 
ride this defense to buying them some time and winning some of these AFC North brawls and being a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, we've seen these teams fail the last two years. The Browns have flopped Thanksgiving and after. That's what it's about. You know, right now, the path they're on, they won't make it that far. They won't, even though there's winnable games um, once they get to mid-October um, because the defense just won't be able to hold up. But, you know, if they can get there, if they can be steady and be better and make improvement and be healthier than they've been, then we'll see. You know, this was never going to be like three wins because there's too much talent for that. But I would say every proclamation um, internally, which was never a proclamation, it was just telling and externally that this is the most talented team that they've had. That was all based on having a quarterback they've never had. Instead, they have a slightly that faster version so far of the same shitty quarterback that they've always had. That's that's sad. That's sad. Um, maybe he'll be better. We'll see. So, um, Joey H., what if Haslam made the call to get Watson? Joey H., there's no if about it. So, um, yeah. Um, look, of course the Browns pursued Watson. That was their job. Of course, they explored every quarterback option. That was their job. And, you know, he was one of them. Like I said, you cannot fault the process to actually do it specifically after he told you no, specifically after you got far enough down the road to meet with him and see what he's about and who's around him and take on what you were taking on with the legal process and him being away and why he had gotten in this. This is not some comeback story of an injured player or a, a player who was benched by a coach and doubted by everyone, right? Um, we'll see. We've seen a talent. But for every good throw, and there have been some good ones, we've seen one bad one and one completely awful one. This is not NFL-level quarterback play, let alone winning quarterback play. There's 15 games left. Thank you guys for reading, for writing, for listening, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. And again, um, two big games ahead and all big picture questions are absolutely going to be re revisited in and around that Baltimore game in which the bye week follows because we've seen this movie. There's just different actors. Thanks guys.